Improve that name change. I still got money now. I still got money now. Greg, Greg may got some money now too, but that the money bag name need to stay with me. I'm doing good though. All right, CJ money bags, and then we got Miles, Nick State, Davenport. How you doing tonight? I'm straight. I'm feeling good. Greg, how, how you doing tonight? <laughs> Hate everybody and everything. We gonna start right there. We just gonna start right there. It just happened. But we need some are, context. Shout out to watching those that are watching on YouTube, wherever you're listening at. Shout out to y'all. Keep listening. Share it with a friend. Rate us five stars. But as if you pay attention at all to the show, we know Greg is a Nets fan. The Nets lost. They go to to Boston. Are the Nets actually in trouble, or is it going to go? They get back to Brooklyn, tie it up, go to six. Are the Nets should the Nets be uh be scared? Yeah, they should be scared. I, I mean, that you anytime you're down 0-2 in a series, your chances aren't great. Your chances are take a hit. You can come back from 0-2. It happened twice in the playoffs last year, at least. Yeah, and and. Honestly, if I'm being honest with you, my the the least of what I expect from the Nets is to is to take this is to go to Brooklyn and win two games. Like I expect from KD and Kyrie, if KD and Kyrie can't pull that off by themselves and win two games in Brooklyn on their home floor and protect home court the same way the Celtics just did, then there's some serious discussions to be had about the level of greatness that we hold some of these guys to. Seriously, as skilled as they are, and I know I'm changing my tune. No, they're they're skilled, they're great, all time great, cool. Yes, they don't ever change. Whatever. But the conversations that you're putting them in, you need to change it. You need to change the conversation you're putting them in because because if, if LeBron did what KD did tonight, like if LeBron, if LeBron ever did that, LeBron's never done that, never looked that bad in the, over the span of two games in the playoffs in his entire life, even when he was, when he was a baby and he just got into the NBA. If LeBron ever looked that bad, we would never hear the end of it. We, he would never live it down. It would constantly be a topic of conversation that's just the facts like you can't go over 10 second half of a playoff game and have 15 turnovers in a game and like 25 over the span of like two games you, you can't do that not not that's not acceptable i i don't care what kind of divas they're playing 
I don't care if they're fouling them on every possession. They are. They're fouling them every possession. It's, it's, just, it's a constant foul. They're constantly reaching. Yes, facts, whatever. You can't do that. You got to overcome those things. You got to do some kind of Chris Paul rip through the draw fouls when they're standing that close to you. There's no excuse. So, yeah, I mean, I expect them to tie it up two games. I expect it. But would I be surprised if they go down 3-0? No. No, not with the way Steve Nash is coaching. No, not with the way Steve Nash is coaching at all. I also blame him. But I won't, I won't go ahead and get on my soapbox too much. I'm disgusted with you guys. Hey, do y'all think possibly, I mean, a stat just came out too. Maybe he, at this point, is tired. KD's last 11 games, it's only been one game where he played under like 40 minutes. Every game is 42, 44, 45, 39, 37, 42 minutes. Welcome to LeBron's with- world. Welcome to LeBron's world. Isn't yeah. it? When LeBron was his age, wasn't that all LeBron did? Play 40 minutes when he had bums like Del Vadova playing basketball with him and Eric Snow and Danielle Marshall. The list is extensive. And he was playing 50 minutes a game. And I never heard that excuse for LeBron. I don't want to hear it. I don't want, there's no excuse for KD. Go, go brush your hair and go play better basketball. <laughs> That's it. Like, there's no other excuse. I don't want to hear it. Like, when people talk about you being top 10 all time, like, Top 10 all time don't look like that. That That's crazy. Ever. Ever. No, figure it out. Figure it out. They're sending double teams at you. They're not doing nothing special. They're sending double teams at you, and they're playing a the zone up top. You keep dribbling as far as you can in into two defenders. You're dribbling trying to get to the elbows. Stop that. Like, stop calling for screens, too. They're blitzing it and just sending doubles at you. Adjust. It's not that It's not that hard. And that's what I'm saying. It's bad coaching all around. It is. But that's Okay. There's a silver lining in all of this. Steve Nash gets the hammer. I'm going to feel really good about that. I know I got KD for five more years, four more years, whatever it is. I know I got Kyrie going to extend. And you know you got Ben and these guys. They're going to extend. And this will be in the conversation for the next five years, five, six years. That's fine. You get rid of a coach. You get rid of this guy and get a real coach in here. That's the bottom line. You can't keep him here after this. I don't care if they win the series. I don't care if they win the championship. I don't care. You got to fire him. Like, I don't, I don't see... He's getting out coached by a guy who's never had the job before. Great job, Ime Udoka. Great. You told you that, that he's what he's done successfully is make the series as ugly as possible. That's what he's playing. Ugly 1980s basketball. Slowing it down, compressing every driving lane, doubling the superstar attempt to the ball, reaching every time they get the ball. They're they're active, their hands are very active. They're they're fouling, they're wrestling out there. But you know what? They're playing within the whistle. If they're not, if they're not getting called for fouls, that's great coaching. That's, that's what you have to call it. Seriously. But it's terrible coaching on Steve Nash's part. I've seen plenty of times LeBron's been, been very, like, they've been very vocal for LeBron in series and other superstars in series where the coach will come out and be like, yo, we got to call these fouls. In the press conference, you're putting pressure on these dudes. In the game, Steve Nash has to get thrown out of a game. You have to get thrown out. When, you're, when your stars are getting fouled like that, when you're pushing, you have to get thrown out of a game. You have, to, you have to make a mockery out of it because you can't, you're just allowing it to continue. Like, you have to get visibly, demonstrably angry get thrown out of a game it matters those things matter you have to play the game psycho- psychologically too and Steve Nash sucks at it he's not a good coach and I don't got time I, I, any Brooklyn fan would agree with this any any basketball fan would agree with this when you're on a championship timeline I don't have time for a rookie coach to grow up in front of my eyes I'm trying to win a championship I don't have time for you to figure this stuff out on the fly this is this is ridiculous only a white person gets the benefit of that to do what he's doing right now there's no black guy in America there's no Indian guy in America there's no Asian guy in America that gets a chance to do what he's doing learning on the fly He's not qualified for the job. He's not qualified. So he's got to go. That's the bottom line. Hey, Miles, I think if I recall correctly, before the series started, 
I think we did mention that Boston's defense would be um, a factor this series. Yeah, no doubt. And as you can see that in the way this series is playing out, they're a little too much for Brooklyn to handle. I mean, Kyrie went off in, in game one, but he was quiet in this game. It wasn't as aggressive. And KD was aggressive, but they were all over him. Like he had zero space to move in this game. So I don't know. I, I don't even know if it's Celtics and six at this point. It, it could be shorter than that. So I'm sorry, Greg. You don't have to give me the Chick-fil-A. It's all right. It's okay. But Joe, that was that was the problem though. Like you mentioned it, like Kyrie wasn't as aggressive at, in this game, but like in, in the second half, he really didn't have the chance to because the ball was always in KD's hand. And even when KD was facing that double team, KD was getting trapped. He was trying to do too much by himself. He was trying to take it to the lane and, and force up these crazy shots when you know, you got to get Kyrie. You got, and that maybe that comes back to the coaching, right? Steve Nash needs to find a way to get Kyrie more involved and other players more involved when he sees his star player struggling. You know, force for 17 down the stretch, six turnovers. Like, come on. You got to do better than that. Hey, you mentioned that. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Yeah, let's them talk about Jalen Brown. Them boys over there, they share the rock. They know how to, they, all the stars tonight in this game sucked booty. Mm-hmm. But the difference is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did other things to affect the game. Tatum, what, eight or nine assists again tonight? Yo, it's a different Boston team. This is not the same Boston team that started off the season. How they're playing, they really might be a favorite in the East. We mentioned they might be a dark horse. We laugh and get like, nah, not, not Boston. It's just something missing there. Robert Williams comes back. They get out this series. This is this, yeah, is, what, this is what you live for to have what the Nets have. You got two stars. When it comes down to the point of the crutch time, the last two minutes, Boston stars showed up. Tatum, yeah. Brown, big shots all that fourth quarter to get them back into the game. Richard came in and had some big shots too. Like the ball was in everybody's hands. I think this next team, we see it, is really a, uh, there's no real offense to it. And we've talked about it before. With the Nets, it's kind of like, take turns. You go, I go. No, you go. No, you go. And they both wasn't on tonight. The only person that seemed that came ready to play ball was Bruce Brown. When your shots, when the shots aren't falling like that, you can't keep up defensive intensity. You, you, it gets in your head. It's hard. It's hard. And, and I think a lot of the shots that KD had, where he was relatively open, you, you, you're expecting a foul because you've been getting hit all game. I can understand the psychological effects that this kind of defense has on you because it's they're not even allowing you to move off ball. Like he's trying to get to a spot off the ball, like just running from the three point line to a spot. And there's a Celtic with his with their head in his jersey. It's not legal. A smart coach throws a fit. You throw a fit. You, you, you literally curse someone out. Like it's, it's, you just, you have to, you have to make an example of someone. You have to make a fool out of someone until you start getting those calls. Cause KD is, is, is a superstar. So you can't let that stuff go, go happen. You got to at least try something. And I'm saying like, there's just a lack of veteran leadership from the coaching on that team, but 
Hey. No, I mean, it's hard. The Nets did, did a good job defensively. I didn't think that def- defensively they did good. I know defensively they, they can be good when they're engaged. I've been saying that. I've, I've never worried about that. But offensively, when it's as simple as sending cutters back door or sending cutters off the ball to alleviate some of the pressure on, the, on your ball handlers, and you're not doing that. You're not making that simple adjustment in the game. That's what worries me. That's not because I would do it because I would do it. I would do that. That's the thing. And, and Steve Nash didn't. And I coach AAU for 17 year olds. Like, 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 these guys are going D3 and I'm, I'm, I'm calling this crap. Like, and I don't understand how someone can be in Steve Nash's position and not be able to see exactly what's happening. Call timeout. There's so many things schematically he does wrong. I, it, it's, this is the worst, like think of in any other field, if you work, I don't care if you work anywhere, if you, you bag groceries, you have a day this bad, as bad as Steve Nash had, they're getting, if you're getting fired on the spot, there's no other industry where you can play, you can be that bad on any given day. And live to see another day in that industry. And he's gonna see. He's gonna be, walk up there tomorrow and talk, give some BS quote about Ben Simmons, and and we're gonna go to Game Three and we'll see how it goes. They're gonna play the same defense. If they hey. make no adjustments, they're gonna lose again. Who vouched, for, who vouched for Steve Nash to be the coach? Sure, whatever. To hell, to hell with both of their opinions. I like sure, yeah. KD and Kyrie did to hell with both their opinions. I always thought that was stupid. It didn't matter as much when you had James Harden here because James Harden at the least is just a threat. He at least like it, it changes things. It changes the way defense have to play you. They could never play this defense if you had James Harden on the court. You can't. I'm not sure they can play this defense even, even with Ben Simmons on the court. Ben can't shoot, but Ben does a lot of things really well. And he's gonna if he catches the ball middle of the floor, he's gonna make a play. He's gonna go dunk it or, or something's gonna something good's gonna happen. He's gonna make the right pass. But it's you when you, that's what I'm saying. That's when coaching has to happen. If you're not coaching, if you're if you're just sitting there hoping KD saves you or Kyrie saves you every night, like which he does, which Steve Nash does, good luck. But I, I look, their recommendation does not matter at this point. You're underachieving. Your goal is to win a championship. So at this point, if they lose this series, which it looks like they probably will, then he's got to get fired. Like he's got to get fired. You can't. You can't be serious. You can't call yourself serious about winning a championship. And Steve Nash still has a job at the end of this. He has to be fired. He should be fired tonight. I'd fire his ass in the plane. I swear. <laughs> that is not possible but a coach that actually is coaching well um got his first first playoff win first season willie green pelicans tie up that series and not the same question is phoenix in trouble should there be any cause for concern d book is out game three and four we talked about it we said the Pelicans was a really dangerous team. I didn't think, and we all said this, we did not think the Clippers were the better team to beat Phoenix. That was a team that Phoenix wanted to see because that would probably be a cakewalk without Devin Booker. But this Pelicans team going back to New Orleans, what y'all thinking about that? You got some dogs on that team. I mean, B.I., is hooping, and this is first playoff experience right now. And he's showing that he's he's box office right now, and he's putting up numbers. Like he almost had a triple double in the last game, and then you add C.J. McCollum. Like that was such an underrated trade that they made. All these other teams could have made that trade. They didn't have to give up that much to get C.J., but they added him at the deadline, and now they're one-one against the best team all year. And I think it, mainly it was because Devin Booker got hurt and he sat out. And I think it was kind of like a shock factor. Like he was carrying them in the first half. Then all of a sudden this guy 
is out, now who do you go to? Which shouldn't be a question. Like, this is the best team in the league. They should have other options than going to D-Book, but he's he's an MVP candidate, so that's a tough loss for them. So I think Pelicans, if they take another one at home in game three, then that's when you start to worry, like, oh, Suns, are you going to be one and done in the playoffs, or are you going to be resilient? Because most people are picking them to make the finals. And D-Book's already been ruled out for the next two games, so now you got to figure out who – is going to step up like is it going to be Cameron Johnson Mikhail Bridges has to step up a little more CP3 also has to take a little bigger of a load as as a shooter now so we'll see yo that would suck so much if they were to lose my CP3 that would suck so much for him he's actually healthy this time he's got bad luck I don't know what it is he's got the worst luck Bad luck started when they drew that that Pelican team. That was yeah. the worst thing that could have happened to them because, I, and we said it during the play, and they would have much rather played the Clippers. I don't care that Paul Pandemic P would have been there; it would have been fine. But so you have <laughs> you have CJ walking in there, and you have Bi walking in there, and those guys are as good as they are offensively, and they're a real one-two punch. Like they're they're exactly what you need to be to win in a playoff series down the stretch. And it's funny because they're the exact opposite of like a team like Utah that doesn't have a two or doesn't have like, they don't have a two. They don't have a two. So there's no one for Donovan to look at and be like, yo, I need a buck. We need a bucket. Help me out here. Or make, you know, make an open shot in the corner. Cause you're just like that. Like BI scoring off the catch, BI scoring off the dribble. And you got CJ coming in uh, off the screens and hitting threes and, being a menace, getting downhill. You got two guys that can score whenever they want, and then the rest of that team around them, Herb Jones and that rookie Murphy, Trey Murphy's really talented too, hitting shots. Like, that's that's what it's supposed to look like when you have a real one-two punch like that that plays together. So, And they're not doubling anybody. The Suns aren't selling out to guard anyone either. That might change. I think they'll get desperate because it's, it's going to get there. But this series is going at least six. And that's that's and, and now that D-Book is out and it's all on CP, we'll see. I love CP, but we'll, I don't know that he 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 handles this well on his own. And they play great as a team, Phoenix does, and that's that means something. But they could easily get bounced here too. Like they could get bounced in this series. It, so it's crazy. You know what's funny too when when you think about like the teams that struggle and the teams that are are losing these these games where where they should be winning. It seems like it always comes down to role players, right? You know, KD's not hitting his shots and he's having a tough night, but no one else is there to step up. You know, same thing when, when Devin Booker goes out, like, who do you go to? You know, CP, CP3 didn't handle that. And, like, who else is going to step up? And, you know, if the role players aren't step, stepping up, you're going to put yourself in a tough spot. Yo, saying that is all facts. That literally just makes me uh, think of that old, old classic song. Who do you turn to when you need buckets? Because they, they ain't doing nothing else. There's no help coming with that. And the thing that's crazy is, like, you see everybody was picking Phoenix to go to the finals. Well, how are they looking right now? They might get bounced. And if that's the case, are we then choosing Golden State as the favorite to get into the West? Because that DEFCON 5 look a little, look like they got, they got something there with Jordan Poole. Look like they got a little something special with Jordan Poole over there. And Steph kind of look like he's shaping back into Steph. You know, regular season, he shot like 38% from three, which is – good for anybody that's not named Steph Curry. 
Golden State might be a team to watch out for because we already know Jokic going home. Uh, for sure. I mean, at this point, I think it's going to be a sweep because the Nuggets just don't have anything to answer for Poole, Curry, Clay Thompson. They just have too much for this team. Like, Jokic, he'll be the regular season MVP. But right now, you know, I don't really see much with this team to go off of at all. So, we'll see. I watched this series, and I I think to myself that Jokic deserves the MVP, and no one else deserves a first-place vote over him. Because for them to be here, it's an accomplishment. For them to be in this position, it's an accomplishment. They, they shouldn't even be in a seed and in a position to play against a team like the Warriors in the first round. And the fact that they are, when you see how shorthanded they are against a great team in the playoffs, and yet that team had won damn near 50 games because of one man, that's that's special. So, yeah, he, he's the MVP. And if they had Jamal Murray, if they had MPJ, the series would be different. I think they could give the Warriors some trouble. But because of it, they, because they're shorthanded, they, it's, they're going to go out in four. But Jokic shouldn't hold it to hang his head about anything. And Malone's job is safe because your best, your two, your best options are out. Like I said, if you don't have a, a, a number two or a number three, you're in trouble in the playoffs. And now the Warriors have a one and, and a two and a three. And number two isn't Clay Thompson; it's Jordan Poole. Like that's, just, that's, one, just how, that's how it's looking. They got a one A and one B at this point. I that's think. what it's really looking like. Yeah, like what it's looking like. Poole's one B. He's like a button superstar right now. Like, yeah, he's looking he's like that. It's like that. Ever since Steph Curry been out, even though he's been playing well this whole season, that almost gave him the confidence to be like, yeah, I'm I'm that guy. Like, if they need me to, I can be one of the best players in the league right now. And these first two playoff games, you you see it. He looks like the best player on the floor, along with Steph Curry. But when you see him out there, it's just you just laugh because it's like it's so natural. Like the fact that I don't know. People slept on him coming out. I don't know where he was drafted, but it definitely wasn't high enough. No, he done a Michigan. It was it was because he was raw. He was raw coming out. And yeah, yeah probably second round pick. It, it it comes down to where you go. It always comes down to where you go. Facts, facts. A lot of times huh, we can go through every sport. It's a lot of players' careers that get derailed based off of where they get drafted, who's coaching, who's in that front office. And I just want to give a complete sidebar. I know Philly is up 2-0 in the series, but to just give some context of why we do not think that they're going to win the championship. It's 95-95. Tie game. You know what shot they got? They got a step back three from Joel and B. Why? It's I don't tied. know. You're not talking about the. You're not talking about the fat man fouling out either. He's out. He oh, fouled out. See, he fouled out. Hold on. Let me, let me so this. he's too slow to play defense because he's too busy eating wings all the goddamn time. And now he fouled out of a, out of a big game. So there's that too. You asked me who won the. You asked me who won the trade. I guess Philly fans will tell you. Philly fans will tell you when they're pissed off at the end. Is who won the trade? Okay, we'll, we'll see. Go I mean, go up three zero then. But still, bro, it's tied. It's tied. This this is like when you at LA Fitness. You just need one bucket, bro. It's it's straight. You don't have to shoot a step back three and B like I, out of all people. And B took a step back three for the game. 
that's not even in his bag like that. Like I saw you, you did that a couple times with Harton when he came first to Philly, but that's not really a game. No. <laughs> I, I can't trust Philly when that's the type of situation we got happening right now. Are you going to talk about how the best second the second best player on Philly's team is not James Harden, it's Tyrese Maxey? I mean, how oh, Tyrese, yeah. Tyrese Maxey is better at basketball than James Harden? Like that's what we're watching right now? That's really that you can't. You're not going to win a championship. It's just not going to happen. You traded the crib for James Harden, and James Harden isn't even your second best player. That's really what we're looking at right now in Philly. That's that's horrible, and it's only because it's all his fault. It's all his fault. He doesn't hold himself accountable, and so here we are. So you again, like this trade will be something you have to grade out over the years and all that stuff. I know if the Nets will bounce out in the first round right here, the the hot thing to say will be they lost the trade, but. I mean, Ben didn't even play, and Ben will play 10 minutes when he comes back a game. So it is what it is. You didn't get to see the Nets healthy, but you're seeing these guys healthy. This is this is Philly. This is their team, full force, and they're not that good. They're not that good, and I don't know. I don't see an easy path for them to get better either. I don't, unless they go get Beal or something in some crazy blockbuster trade. But they got to come up, come up off Maxi first, so we'll see. See? That ain't, that ain't happening. Like I said before, they're not letting him go. Who? Max, Maxi, all right. Well, then this is the team. So let's see what happens because uh, Doc Rivers is the one coach in the league I'd love to be down 202 right now. I wish Doc Rivers was still coaching the Celtics. I'd be real happy about it. That's the one guy who's real notorious for folding on 2-0 leads. So that's probably going to go. It's going to be Doc Rivers. Yeah, but that won't solve their fat man problem. They got two fat guys. But one you remember, Daryl Morey is an enabler. It don't matter if the problem gets solved. We gotta, we gotta scapegoat somebody, and it's not gonna be Harden. Mm. You know I, how I, the real ones, the real ones are gonna are gonna escape, are gonna go after Harden because Harden, a lot of this is him to is his is his fault. He's got to wear a lot of this. Yo, Maxi, he has to wear more than the pounds he's put on. Maxi is so good. Maxi is so good. Mm. Oh, Maxi is so good because Harden ain't really doing nothing this whole series, and they might go up three up, but. It's because of Maxi is so good. Another player that we talking about guards that's getting getting to it. Jalen Brunson, no Luca, <laughs> and this man goes and drop forty one. No Luca, and Luca's supposed to come back game three. Not surprised if, if if you've been paying attention this season, you've been watching Jalen Brunson. He's 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 the real deal. He's the real deal. He's in a command easily over $100 million. He's writing his own ticket. And he and he's out. He's really what's crazy is he's playing him his way out of Dallas because Dallas can't afford to pay him that unless they, they come up off Spencer Dinwiddie and clear some space because and they might want to do that, honestly, because he Jalen Brunson is a far better basketball player. And Jalen Brunson will be out there to be had this summer and some lucky team will sign him and he'll blossom and, and play and play good ball for them. Maybe the I don't know, maybe the Pacers. Someone's going to throw an exorbitant amount of money at him. That's just going to be the Pacers are interested, and you have Tyrese Halliburton. You get you get Jalen Brunson in there too, two point guard system. It could be something. You know, I know you're thinking about what your Knicks miles. Is that what you're saying? You, no, you're I'm saying something. they they already got Brogdon though. Brogdon's gone. They don't want yeah. Brogdon. They want to share the cal. They want to share the salary and Buddy Hill. So they so said his salary, which is probably going to be less than what they would have to pay Brunson. If they bounce him and Buddy, they have the space. They want Buddy up out of there too. It's not looking at him smile. I would be too. Smile. We're just. 
Hey, with Luka coming back, though, do we see them as being a real threat in the West? Possibly. Possibly. Depends yeah. on how healthy he is. Because, I mean, you don't just heal from a calf strain like that in a week. So I'd be cautious. They took – they split uh, game one and game two with Utah. Now they're going back to Utah. I don't know if I'd play him in game three. Because I think Utah is kind of on the heels right now. Like, there's a lot of pressure on Utah right now to to get out of this first round just because of where they at, they're at as a team, where Donovan Mitchell's at in his career. Possibly, if you don't win the series, he could ask out. I think that <laughs> this is, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun to watch because they've, they're at a crossroads right now. Utah as a team, like Donovan Mitchell doesn't really have that much help. Their second highest paid player is Rudy Gobert. That's the best they could do. So, I mean, this, this team could go left really quickly and it all depends on the series. Utah is a dead body. Well, yeah. And who wants to go to Utah? That's the thing. Nobody ever wants to go to Utah. They they don't want to go to Portland. Like these teams, they draft the good stars, but they can't bring other stars from other places to their city. So now, now you got maybe first round, second round exits every year. I don't know. I think Luca, Luca's gonna be Luca, but Jalen Brunson's shown that he can he can hold it down until he comes back healthy. Which, if you're gonna make a deep playoff run, you need Luca fully healthy to go along with that one-two punch. And we, we already talked about this, you know, last episode. We see another bright spot. Obviously, Minnesota, that team belongs to Anthony Edwards. Ant-Man is that dude. Memphis, they tied the series up. How do we see that one filling out right there? John Morant did his thing. Bez, Bain stepped up. The role players, as Chris mentioned, role players from Memphis actually showed up game two. Memphis back on pace. Yeah, I'm I'm changing it from four one to four two. I'm that was a little I was a little hasty with that. So um, I'm I'm changing my prediction. I think I think Timberwolves are gonna win both games at home. Yeah, I think that home crowd to give them so much energy. They're such a young team, and that home crowd hasn't had playoff basketball in like forty years. They're every every single uh, nomad in 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 Minnesota will come out to the game and be cheering them on and they'll come out of their their igloos and they'll be very excited to see some playoff basketball so i think that that's what we're going to end up seeing we're going to see we're going to see a, a very motivated and very hyped up team come out there and beat the brakes off the grizzlies in two games two games and and again guys like pat bev and guys like anthony edwards or those two guys feet and even cat cat even cat like they feed off of the energy and maybe and cat got a little too excited in the last game and started found guys. You can, you can feel it. Like you can see when the adrenaline's too much for them. So maybe he fouls out again. Who knows? I, with him, you never really know what you're going to get, but with guys like Anthony Edwards and D low and those guys are going to feed off that crowd. They're going to beat them. They're going to beat them. I think they'll beat them both games at home. I, I don't, I really don't believe in the Grizzlies and it's for the same reason I don't believe in Utah. And it's primarily because there's no number two there and there's nobody else. Besides, Ja doesn't have anybody else he can really trust. 
Desmond Bain is not there yet. He's just not there yet. He's a nice story, but he's not there yet at that level where you can trust him in the playoff series to get, get your buckets. So, yeah, and Jaron Jack, Jackson Jr. is a seven-footer who likes to take shots 40 feet away from the basket as opposed to being in front of the basket. So I can't trust you just by default. Sorry. And he shoots with two hands. So I got to I gotta believe in Ant and D'Lo, and I, I'll ride that one to the wheels for a long. Man, D'Lo ain't been doing anything, though. Besides that yeah. game, he – He's been real quiet. Not yet. It's about to change. Just wait. He's gonna have, he's gonna have forty thousand the Native Americans cheer him on in in, in Minnesota uh, on my, on whenever they play, and, and it's gonna be real crazy. And he's gonna go out there and play good basketball. You'll see. Hey, Chris, you got Memphis getting out, or can Minnesota actually, as Greg is saying, put it to the brink and get get Memphis out of there? Look, man, we talked about role players, and and when you don't have that that second option. If Ja has a bad night, what you going to do, right? And you know what you're getting out of Pat Bev every night. You know the aggressiveness that he brings. He brings that Marcus Smart energy, that Celtics defense energy, and he's just a menace. He's, he's going to get in your head. And, you know, with guys like Cat, Cat, Cat looked good in game one until he started forcing shots at the end. I thought he got a little greedy, um, not, not sharing the ball around. But, listen, when those guys are clicking on all cylinders, it's going to be tough because, again, John Morant's one person. And if he's having – he dropped 30 game one, right? But if if he's not hitting his shots, it's tough. So, I got I got the Grizzlies. Ooh. I mean, uh, the Timberwolves, my fault. You good, you good. <clears throat> hey, we'll see what happens. I want to see Timberwolves win, but I don't know if it could be – if it could happen, you feel me? John Morant and they boys – they play well. They role players did they part. So maybe they going. You feel me? Maybe it'll translate over into game three. Um, I think the X factor really is Cat, man. And and Edwards gonna show up, but Cat, as you mentioned, Greg, we don't know what we're gonna get from Cat. And Cat is another one that he refuses to go in the paint, seven feet, and wants to be known as the best shooting big man. And his playoff resume is not that great either. So we'll see. He plays, for, he plays for an organization with a bad playoff resume. So I guess I'll give him a little pass on that. But he's he's a he's a he's a guy who you can't trust him in, in big moments. You just can't. You don't know what you're gonna get from him. You play on play. He played well in game one. I just think that the Grizzlies are relying on guys that are unproven. And, and I know the Timberwolves are too. They are. They're both unproven teams, but Anthony Edwards' irrational confidence will rub off on anybody the right way. And I think that's going to be the difference in the series. It's his team. And when you're as confident as, he, as Anthony Edwards is, I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible. So I, I, I'll give him the edge, for real. I think they're going to win two games at home. I, I think guys like Bain and their role players, Zaire, Williams, whoever they play, whoever they throw out there, they're going to struggle. Those guys struggle on the road. Role players struggle on the road. Like, it's, it's a very difficult thing in the playoffs to play on the road as a role player. So – you know, we'll see, we'll see. Historically, that's just the way he works in playoff basketball, though. I know Miles probably already saw it. I'll give y'all an update. I knocked him on it, but Embiid just hit a uh, <laughs> hit a three pointer to go up three with point seven left in the game, and it's mm-hmm. looking like Philly's about to go up three <clears throat> over Toronto by a Joel Embiid three pointer, which is it went in, but it's part of the problem, bro. We don't have any big men that like to get get in the paint no more. They all I mean, seven threes. They 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 they're handling their business. They're doing what they're supposed to do. 
they drew a nice little matchup round one. So take care of business, beat the Raptors. I'm just saying, whoever you see next, is, is they're packing you up. Because Harden's not Harden, and that's going to matter when you play a team that's serious. When you play a Miami team, when you play the the, the Bucks or Bulls, whoever comes out of that series, that's not a given. I'm just saying that series is not a given. When you play the the, the Celtics, or, or, or look like the Celtics, I can't say anything about the stupid-ass Nets at this moment, but you use the Celtics, you know, like you play them, you, you you're, it's going to matter that you're that the guy you're going to pay $60 million a year to over the next seven years is out of shape and fat and not ready to play basketball every night. It's going to matter. It's going to matter at some point, and Philly fans are going to turn on him. They're going to start throwing cheese sticks at him, and James Harden will be picking them up and taking them home for dinner. And that's, that's That will be the situation we're dealing with. But they're going to start throwing hella pe- peppers and onions at that dude. Well, it's final. Philly won. They up 3-0. And you mentioned the Buck series. The Buck series like, is not a given. Yeah. They, they want some nonsense again. Uh, yet again, Chris Middleton. About the Bucks. Chris, Middleton is, about Chris Middleton isn't showing up. I've been telling y'all about them. I've been telling y'all about I ne- I've never been a Buck a Bucks believer at any point. I never. Never. They shouldn't have beat us last year. And 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 I I'll I'll stand on that. Two injuries and they're in the finals. And now everybody's talking about them like they're some favorite. Okay. Drew, when Drew gets in the playoffs, he gets real tight offensively, can't make a shot. It's up for some, in the playoffs, that man struggles offensively. Chris is just hit or miss. And Giannis, if you keep him out the paint, I'm sorry, even with the made jumps of the regular season, playoffs a different different ball game. He's not making those shots the same clip he was making in the regular season. I don't, I'm not a Bucks believer. The Bulls could bounce them. If, if DeMar doesn't go DeMar to Frozen on us again, they could but he could they could they could bounce us, bounce them. Hey, so far DeMar said that he would not shoot that poorly again. Right now, six for 12, 17 points. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get a dub on the road today. They're gonna dub on the road. That's not good for Milwaukee. You splitting right there. But that's the NBA playoffs, man. It's some of the, the best time of year, bro. You already know we're going to be still talking about this basically every episode to the finals, all the different matchups, all the things that's happening, the X factors, the upsets. But it just seems like this year, NFL is just like, hold up. We got something to say. We have something to say. The NFL offseason just keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And crazier, we have now the wide receivers. Everybody want to get paid. Everybody want to get paid. So you have wide receivers that are saying, we not going to training camp. We're not doing the involuntary workouts till we get a new contract. One of the names out there is Debo Samuel, who just requested a trade. If I'm saying friend and y'all tell me where y'all heads is at, I'm not trading Debo. I will do everything in my power not to trade him. We can, what you want? You want dinner? You want an extra meal? You want some money? Uh, we could renegotiate. If you're saying friend, you cannot trade Debo. There's no way. Outside of George Kittle, Debo is the offense. That's facts. But if you say a friend, you need to get him on the line fast because this man already on Instagram removing his pictures with his jersey on him, took the team's name out the bio. He's not playing no games, man. He want to get paid. And you can thank 
Christian Kirk for getting 72 mil. You can thank Tyreek Hill for, for getting 120. You can thank Devontae Adams for getting the bag. Stephon Diggs for getting the bag. Like, yo, the wide receiver market right now is popping. And if I'm a wide receiver and I've proven myself and I want to get an extension, like I'm doing it now. And, and Debo Samuels, you know what you're getting out of him. He's so versatile. Like, this man can play quarterback. He threw six touchdowns last year, ran for eight. Like, he, he's a beast. Like, he, he's a running back. He's a wide receiver. He's he's a damn near quarterback. Like, and then Terry, Terry McLaurin, like, all these other players, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, like, these players have been doing it consistently year after year, especially Terry. Like, he's been on a booty team. So, it's time to pay these, pay these wide receivers. But in terms of who's going to get it first, who knows? But Debo's definitely – well-deserving, well-deserving just because of his like unique ability to, to play multiple positions and, and be a dual threat. Greg Miles, y'all playing GM, you the GM of the 49ers. Are y'all kissing his butt trying to make this right by any means? Or are you getting up out of here? It depends on his, where he's at, his head. If I'm down, I'm calling the Jets. I'm calling the Jets. I'm like, yo, give me one of your first round picks. Give me a second. We can make this thing happen. Cause if you get, when well, you get one of the Jets first round picks, you're in a position to go get Drake London and go get one of the, Garrett. Garrett would get the guy from Ohio State, Cameron Wilson. I don't remember his name. Garrett Wilson, yeah. Garrett Wilson. You go get him. You're in. A, you're all right. Like you can retool this thing. Football's different. Football's different. You, you guys are a little bit more expendable in football than in basketball. Or like it, one guy doesn't make your team now. Devo, sixty percent of their offense. Yeah, he gets. He has the ball sixty percent of the time. But that's part of the problem. I'm sure when they went to the contract negotiations, they tried to give him a, a really good elite running back money instead of paying him like a wide receiver. They tried to use it as leverage. Like, hey, you play running back 90% of the time, whatever, this percent of the time, we're going to try to, we're going to, we're going to pay you on a running back scale. I'm sure that's probably what happened. They, they, they disrespected him when he sat at the table the first time. Facts. It's hard to come back from when you do that and you use, you use his versatility against him in contract talks just because you want to save a, a penny, you pay for it. They deserve what's, what's happening right now. This is probably unsalvageable. We're in an era where athletes are taking control of their careers. If you keep him on your team, he may not play football for you next year. He, he could just sit out. He, he He's more than willing to save a year on his body. You know what I mean? Debo, for him, is more important than any, anybody else. The way they use him, they're going to get his money now because his career is going to be shortened by the way they use him. He had him running in between the tackles. You saw in that game against the Rams in the, play, in the playoffs, they were running in between, in between tackles like he was uh, Jerome Bett or something like that. Like, that's the way they use him. So he has to get his money up front. And right now, and if a team like the Jets is willing to pay him and you're willing to trade and you can trade him out of the out of the conference, what's who loses? You yeah, you lost a little bit, but you get a first round pick, a premier first round pick, which the Jets, I think they come up off that pick because they already lost Tyreek Hill. Now they won't be gun child in this deal. I think that's the way you go. The Jets are a primary location, and I know the Jets love Debo, and you get Zach Wilson, a guy who he can he can who can make it more efficient. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that's where Debo's mindset's at, too, because he knows his career's been, you know, riddled by injuries, especially the past two seasons, like 300-and-something yards two years ago, 800-something yards last year. But he went nuclear this year, so he's like, yeah, I need my money right now. You know, 1,400-something yards, bro? Like, come on. Well, what was Miles' thoughts? You giving up one of the first-round picks for Debo? I mean, it would be cool. It would be cool to give up one of the – the picks. I don't know. First round pick. We'll see. We'll see. Because we, we didn't have to give up that much for Tyreek Hill. So is Tyreek Hill not better than Debo? You guys lost out on Tyreek Hill. The reason why you didn't get him, lost him out because he, he had a no trade clause and he picked the package that Miami offered him. We offered him less than 
Miami oh, had a better deal on the table, though. Miami huh? still had a better deal on the table, though. Yeah, but it was a no-trade clause. If he picked New York, he would have been in New York. He picked Miami. That's the man. I'm saying, though, the deal that Miami offered was stronger because they offered a first-round pick. I thought they offered the same deal. It wasn't the same deal. The Jazz offered a bunch that, of seconds. offered that late first-round pick, which, I mean, that's cool. But we got two second-round picks, which are pretty much like late first-round picks, if you think about it. So I'd say those two picks, maybe a third-round pick, should get the deal done. Because, one, you still have to pay them upwards of, like, $25 million, which is what the going rate is for what people consider elite receivers at this point. So there's no I, player you can get in the first round that's better than Debo Samuel though. Yeah, but if we could offer that same package for AJ Brown, I'd rather AJ Brown because I think he's a better receiver. And he's younger. AJ Brown's only 24. Debo's pushing 27 now, which I mean that's pulling hairs, but in the NFL, careers are a lot shorter. Debo plays a, a lot tougher of a, a position where he's both running back and receiver. So I don't, it'd be cool. Like I said, it'd be cool, but I'd also be fine with us drafting a receiver at 10, keeping those picks. Cause that's what we need. We need depth everywhere. Like literally. So we, we can take, we can afford to take a risk and, you know, send some picks for a player, but unless, unless it's like an elite, elite receiver, then I'm not giving up that 10th pick. I'm not slander for Debo Samuel. That's crazy. I'm about to say, you, you wouldn't call Samuel an elite receiver? Yeah, you said elite, elite. Like, we're not talking about Debo Samuel. Debo. But we were just in on Tyreek Hill, who, I mean, he's top two. And he might not be two. He could be one. So. Sure. All right, well, where do you put Debo? Because Debo, I think what happened to Conor. Top 10. He's top 10 receiver right now. I think what Greg alluded to, what happened in those contract negotiations, either they offered it to him as a running back or they offered it to him as a wide receiver. Either way, they didn't offer him what he felt. Bro, I'm playing quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. You got to – You better combine all three. (laughs) That's your team so much better just as a rival. You better pay that way. I'm doing three things for y'all. I have Jimmy G as a quarterback, and I'm about to try to give me Trey Lance, who is unproven right now. Pay me my money. And as you mentioned, Greg, he runs through the tackles. I'm literally risking my career every day running through the tackles as if I'm a run, I'm a Sean Lynch. And you want me to go catch the ball. And occasionally I'm going to go throw the ball. Pay me accordingly. Don't offer me like I'm Tyreek Hill. No, I actually think Debo, because he does so much for San Fran. Better player. You got to pay him more than that. Now, if he comes to the Jets and they're like, yo, we want you to just play wide receiver, then maybe you pay him that way. But San Fran, no. He plays three positions for y'all. Pay that man accordingly. I don't think you can, I don't think you can pay him as, as he's going to break the market. It's going to be a weird deal because he's, he said hybrid players aren't. It's like Shaw, it's like Otani in baseball. Like you can't pay him like he's a great hitter and because he's going to go out and throw it, throw it, be a Cy Young guy too. So you got to. You gotta be. It's, it's a very different type of negotiation, and the Jets have to be open to breaking the bank for him if they're gonna tra- they're gonna trade for him. But this idea that you know he's not worth the first. Um, okay, all right. I, I mean, sure. And look, and by the way, if the Jets don't want to do it, if the Jets don't want to do it, there'll be the twenty other teams in line. 
They'll offer Bro, different but, to do it. We say That's that, fine. but but thirty five and thirty eight, which is the two second round picks we have, is worth like a mid first round pick. So, I mean, if you're thinking about it like that, then I don't think quality of player in this draft drops off significantly after pick twenty. I think we all know that. Okay, that's the way this thing's gonna work. So if you're not picking it in the top twenty, if you want to get cheap on me, Miles, that's fine. Get cheap. You're gonna lose we need to build defense. That's fine. Too. That's fine. We need, huh? we need to build the defense too. What? We couldn't stop a, a nosebleed last year. Cornerbacks were eh. Linebackers were eh. So, are we really in a position where we can, you know, do you that? Two first rounders, bro. You can you can give up one of the first rounders for Debo Samuel and still build your defense. It's okay. I'm telling you, bro. But it's okay. I, it's, it's all right. Look, it's fine. It's we'll, we'll find someone else to do the deal. It's fine. We don't got to deal with y'all. Um, the we got the Jaguars on this line. We got the Texans on this line. We got we got Team B on this line. We got it's fine. They'll figure it out. They don't need your pick. It's just I'm telling you, you may want to consider you have two first. You have a, you're you're picking from a luxury position right now. You have two first round picks. How many years you have two first round picks and you don't need a quarterback? That's what I'm saying. You're in a luxury spot right now. You trade one of those first round picks. You put it in a package. For Debo Samuel, it'll pay, it'll pay itself off. This is an immediate return on investment right there. But that's fine. It's okay. Go draft some cornerback out of Washington. Let's see how it works out for you next year. Hey, yo, before we end the show real quick. So Cat was on. I am athlete. He mentioned that he'll be a backup quarterback, which is around like 160K or something like that. Nothing too crazy. I might be wrong on the numbers, but it's nowhere near what he was offered when it was a two-year, $20 million contract. He turned it down. Do we see Cap back in the league? And does Cap have some accountability he has to do in looking in the mirror of not being back in the league? In y'all pick? Oh, yeah, we'll we'll start with with the – the turning down the deal in 2016, he was still playing, correct? When he got that deal, when he turned down the the two years, 14 million. Let me check that for you. I believe so. I th- yeah, I think I think he was still on the Niners when when he they offered him that two year, 14 million dollar deal. And if that was the case, and he turned it down, like I don't think you can fault him for that now because he couldn't foresee what was going to happen. He couldn't foresee himself getting you know, banned from the league and, and having all this unfold, you know, I mean, how can you think that taking a knee is going to, you know, change the course of your career and, and have you not play? So I, I don't think we can knock him for, for not taking that deal now. It obviously sucks over the course of what happened, but is he going to be back in the league? I don't know. I think the the most logical place for him to go was Seattle and, and they just extended. Uh, Geno Smith. And, yeah. Geno Smith today. And it made him a member team. So it's like, and he's been a, he's been a solid backup, you know, over the course. He's proved himself over the past two years. Um, so it's well deserving for Geno Smith. But like, yo, according to what they were saying on I Am Athlete about Cap, he he's still slinging that thing. But again, like those those aren't in game situations. That you know, you not you not having a line coming after you. So it's hard to tell, and it's it's gonna be you know uphill battle for him. Obviously haven't been out of the league for the past five years. Like, it's not going to be easy for him to come back from also suing the NFL. They, frankly, they don't want you back. 2016, he was playing, to give the exact numbers, minimum salary as a backup QB would be $660,000. 
he turned down the $14 million two-year deal. Is that before yeah. he kneeled or before he, he kneeled or after? It had to have been before he kneeled. It had to. It was before the kneel. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. I don't blame him you at can't. all. can't. That's BS. Because yeah. he could, his agent could have been career before that. Exactly. Exactly. His agent could have been like, no, turn that down. We're going to have a good year. We're going to get we're going to get three years and X amount of dollars, whatever you're looking for. So, nah, there's no way he's at fault for that. There's no way he's at fault for that at all, for the fact that his career was derailed. And honestly, if he'd signed that deal in the moment, I have a feeling they would have found no way. They would have found no loophole to get him up out of there regardless. The contracts are not totally guaranteed. I know there's a quarterback, so it might have been more guaranteed money. They might have just paid him up front to leave. Like, that's how bad it was at the time. And I think they would have found a way out of it. So, yeah, there's no way. We can't hold – I'm not going to hold that against him. I'm not holding anything against Cap. Cap's a hero. Cap's a superhero, real life, like, period. So there's that. Also, sorry, what Chris said, um, he deserves a chance to play in the NFL uh, 100%. I've seen the video of him throwing. I've been paying attention to that. He, his arm is still – he's still got one of the best arms in the world. His arm is incredible. The ball, the ball just jumps out of his hands, like, in a way that most quarterbacks can't do it. Like, it's him, Josh Allen. Like, he's in that – Aaron Rodgers, he's in that conversation with the arm. So, yeah, he just has a real chance. He does a real chance to go compete. And Seattle signed Geno Smith. So what? He sucks. Like, you can go compete with Geno Smith. It's not that big of a deal. Like, it's Geno Smith. Is anything really safe over there? In fact, I think it would behoove this to the Seattle to go bring this guy in and let those three guys compete. That probably That's probably the best you can do. Let the best man win because that quarterback situation is going to be real ugly football up in Seattle this year. And they're not even in on Baker. Baker is probably going to go to the Panthers the way this thing's looking. Um, so, you know, like oh, Seattle, what are we really doing? Like, if you don't sign cap, you just look, you just look stupid. The league's look, the league's already looked stupid for years. So there's that too, but the guy doesn't have a chance. Miles, Denzel Ward, overpaid market price. I mean, market price. I think he's an up and coming corner in this league. He's young. They use a top five pick on him. And I mean, just two-time pro bowler. He's kind of given them what they were expecting out of him. He's been able to lock down most teams' number one receiver. Except Jamar. So, I mean, that's that's just about what you get there. So, what would you say? You said something about Jamar. I said except Jamar. <laughs> except Jamar. You and Greg somehow always bring it back to y'all teams. <laughs> somehow. This is far worse than I am with that. You can talk about anything, and Chris gonna talk about a damn wildcat. Get out of here, bro, bro! All summer last year, every every podcast we talked about the Giants in some capacity, when they weren't even on the docket, bro. Yeah, but at least they're the Giants. Like you're talking about the Bengals. Nah, here you go. <laughs> but yeah, you got to lock up your assets, and he's a, a top cornerback in this league, so I think it's 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 fair. I mean, well, it, it's funny they just gave him. A little more than Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, next time he comes around for his bread, he needs that bag. For sure. The market the market is changing all over the NFL. Expect these teams to start drafting, guys. Wide receivers, corners. They're going to start going more aggressively in the draft. You'll see a lot of movement in the draft for teams to try to fill needs because they don't want to pay these guys top dollar. That's what's going to end up happening. And then there'll be some aggressive team like the Jaguars or, or, you know, like the Giants last year, they'll go spend a lot of money and they'll pick up the scraps and sign guys that are proven. So we'll see.
there's no right there's no right away or wrong way to build your team as long as you win games but yesterday's price is not today's price mm-hmm. that is the theme in the nfl right now that's what's going on this whole offseason that's the title of this podcast facts and with these three wide receivers big time wide receivers all wanting new contracts trust and believe we're gonna have more to talk about this nfl offseason has been the craziest one in our history and it's still getting crazy because we got the draft next week you know we're gonna have a show talking about the draft talking about everybody's team certain picks first round we're gonna break it down for y'all in multiple ways but y'all know the vibes. You stay ready. You don't got to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.